All right, welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast here. Very special podcast here, as you can see a special guest that I will introduce in a second. I was very excited to uh, have Mattress Mac on as a guest. Look, he's a big sports gambler. I was so excited that I wanted to actually even come here to Houston to chat with him here. And it was worth it all because you got something special here. I underestimated you. Uh, so You underestimated me, Doc? Yes, I Come did. Come on, Doc. Give well, me a break. Jim McInvale here. Okay, Mattress Mac. Here's Shy a, and retiring as always. Here's why I underestimated you. I thought you were this furniture guy, this gambler guy. You're a huge... You thought you, I was a schmuck. No, look, you are, I thought the way that you gamble and the way you do promotions is very innovative, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. I'll give you an example here. We're in his, uh, in his gallery furniture store here, and the, the, the stuff you do with gambling is just the tip of the iceberg. For example, walk into the store here in Houston, and you're handing out ice cream bars and red popsicle sticks. Look, and you have kids eating popsicles walking around the store and chips i'm the world's largest dealer of and chips, chips chips everywhere and all the tables dollars a week worth of chips a, a, a cafeteria people eat for free but look got, you know what I, else i have here what i've got a preschool here did you see that i saw that you're training people here vocationally five years old we, i got we, vocational school i got all, high school 16 we, to 26. we all know about and i got the kitchen sink the the, the philanthropy with you know the hurricanes and, and opening up your stores we know all that so i knew about all that but Here's the thing I drive you crazy. Like, when my eight-year-old twins and four-year-old eat a popsicle, we make them sit at the kitchen table. Other stores, if they were to have popsicles, they make you buy them and then sit. Like, you hand them out for free at the door, grab as many as you want, and they'll walk around the store in your furniture store. Like, I would, I mean. Let them have fun, Doc. You know, during the, <laughs> we had an ice storm here in February. Yeah. In this very room where we're at, we had about 25 people sleeping here. We had about 300 people here every night in the store sleeping because their power was out, their water was out. It was an absolute nightmare for three nights. And so these people freaking out, oh, you let them sleep on those fancy mattresses, you let them sit on those sofas, eat on the dining room tables. What are you gonna do with all this furniture? Of course, this is right during the COVID. What are you gonna do with all this furniture when they leave? I said, I'm gonna have a hell of a sale, and that's what I did. <laughs> now, I hope my wife doesn't watch or listen to this podcast. I hope she does and buys a house full of furniture and breaks what? you, Doc, what? and we deliver it to San Diego tomorrow. <laughs> edit that, Christian. Edit that. Okay. <laughs> we, we moved into a pandemic home, bigger for kids and Zooming in a yard and the whole thing in, in San Diego there. And there's furniture shortages everywhere. I, my, Not my, here. Cut to the picture of the warehouse. It's full of, furniture. full of furniture. And they're all American-made. Not all of it, but about 80 to 90%. Okay, yeah. very very good. But it's full, and, and you really edit that part about delivering they can to buy, the day. They can buy tonight. They can buy $30,000 worth of furniture at 7 o'clock at night, be delivered to their house by 11. I hope it's three thousand dollars worth of furniture if my wife is buying not thirty thousand for you, Doc. <laughs> uh, but outside the box, the employees, uh, the uh, the whole thing. I mean, that's why I said I underestimated you. I thought, okay, here's this guy. He's a marketer. He's a gambler. Very cool. Very interesting. Wanted to have you on and talk to you about your gambling stuff. But you're much deeper than that. So I apologize. I underestimated. I'm just a huckster, Doc. That's all I ever wanted to be. I'm a promoter. <laughs> oh yeah. Very, very, very good. So, 
Tell me, have you always been this gambler guy or just uh, found a niche? Well, you know, I used to bet um, 50 to $100 on football games way back when. And then for the first um, 35 years we were here, I didn't gamble at all because I was too busy trying to build a business. Then I came up with an idea that uh, if when the Texans played the Cowboys, the Texans' first year in business, I said if the Texans win this game against the Cowboys, you buy furniture that week before the game, your furniture's free. And we did like a million five that day before that football game. And the Texans, of course, were ahead at halftime, so I'm psychotic. But <laughs> the Cowboys ended up winning. I did that promotion, and I've done lots of them on Super Bowls, World Series, this and that. And uh, I have to hedge the other way, you know, to cover the bet. Uh, the only one I had never hedged was the Seattle game against Denver in the Super Bowl when they played in New York. I had these two guys that worked here. They loved uh, Peyton Manning, who played for Denver. They told me Peyton Manning was a lock sitch, instance if you don't insure anything. <laughs> it was the only time ever in the history of the store, the Saturday night before the game, we had to close the store at 6 o'clock. We had no more furniture. They took everything we had. And so we spent all night, Saturday night and Sunday, delivering furniture of being in the house before the game started, you know. And then the game started and I was back in the treadmill. I was too nervous to watch the game. I was on the treadmill. And when none of those employees talked to me for two and a half hours, I knew I was screwed. My wife called me and I said, who won the game? She said, Seattle won, dummy, you're out $12 million. So that was, that was <laughs> my first real tasty defeat. Yeah, but I think- but You win some, you lose some, and sometimes you get rained out. Yeah, and you know, I think getting to know you some, you probably look at that as it was good philanthropy. People probably needed the furniture. Because look, we're here coming off a pandemic. You're probably the only place that actually has furniture. And I got the tour. You shut down half the the, the store to do your vocational rehab and, and charitable stuff in the, in the school. Yeah, you know, it's about, uh, the question is, uh, would the customers miss us? We would go out of business tomorrow. So we got to be relevant to our customers, we've got to be relevant to the community, and we've got to be relevant to our, our staff. So that's what we try to do, be more than a furniture store. Furniture stores are ah, boring, Doc. Well, not, not look, I could probably get my kids to come with me to the furniture store they offer ice them. cream. You got twins, them. right? I got boy-girl twins that are eight and one that's four, and even the four-year-old would probably come along uh, here with that. But here's the other thing. I won't say the I name of the store because I don't want to embarrass the store and then quite honestly I don't even remember it my wife took me we bought some furniture for the house uh, some of it from four months ago is still not delivered back 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 corner slip doc that's what they're doing <laughs> there. get your money back doc and buy it right here <laughs> I bet I know what store it is too oh uh, <laughs> you know I'm, I, I was probably to be kind to the store but honestly I don't even remember the name of the store some look it's a Memorable. bad thing let's, let's put it this way don't buy furniture in a mall. <laughs> it's one of those stores. <laughs> I mean, you got to buy furniture in a warehouse here. Okay. So what other promotional things do you have up your sleeve or what other gambling things do you have up your sleeve? Because you've got, you're so creative with everything. You know, the Astros are looking mighty good. So we're going to probably sometime this year doing it. If the Astros win it all, you get your money back on mattresses. We're probably going to do that if I can convince my wife of that because uh, I've had several uh, losses here lately on these promotions. Uh, I did the Super Bowl last year, won $3.6 million on that to pay back customers for the mattresses. So I did the um, Kentucky Derby, first time ever I'd done the Kentucky Derby. And that was an overwhelming response. 
in a two-week period and uh, lost $2.4 million on that. But, of course, uh, it would have been better had the customers won. The Kentucky Derby was great because you had some leverage on the money. It was, it was three to one right before the gate opened. The gate opened 2.5 to one, so had more leverage than having a football game, but the horse didn't win. So I do a lot of gambling promotions, and it makes the customers excited because furniture shopping is dull, boring, mundane, and routine. But I guarantee you this, when they're going to get free furniture, they watch that game or that horse race a whole lot closer. Oh, no, 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 no question about it. I'm going to pause. So as we continue with Mattress Mac here, you slip something by us here for a second. You're like instantaneous decision, businessman, free man, and you said you have to run it by your wife? On occasion. <laughs> I would have thought Not someone like you. I mean, you know, a million here, a million there. It's just chump change, you know? Well, that's another reason. Just chump change, that's all. That's, another, that's more fodder for my life. Another yeah. reason for not to watch this. When the Astros were playing Washington in the World Series in 2017, that the Dodgers, you know, 2019, of course, we're not favored by many Dodger fans. But we were playing, we were up three games to two against Washington, came back home to Minute Maid Park. I had $18 million bet on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. And I lost two in a row. That was, that was. This different. your store has everything here. There's one thing that I haven't noticed here. I don't see you selling any trash cans here. Trash cans. Don't eat trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Come on. You know, you know, what was really interesting was the last time the Dodgers played here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was fist fight, fist fight, fist fight. The problem is they're all drinking that $20 beer and then they start fighting. That was crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Baseball is not worth <laughs> fighting over. So uh, I love what you do here, the, the employees, and, and, you know, they're in sports jerseys and your rule about masks and shaving and the whole thing. I see that. We'll have Christian pull that out there tour of the warehouse very very cool and a ton of furniture that's for sure but the other thing is you're involved in a lot of philanthropy and you're kind of mr houston you're one of the biggest celebrities here in houston so that's the other reason besides your gambling takes and so forth what's your pulse on the whole texans deshaun watson thing i think it's terribly unfortunate and i think everybody is, should be given a chance to be innocent to proven guilty that's my take on that and uh, I've seen too many people's lives ruined uh, when they uh, were innocent, but the you know the, uh, all sorts of coverage when they're accused, and then the back page next to the obits when they when they're innocent. So I, I wish Deshaun the best and the Texans the best. Obviously, they're in a tough spot, and we'll, hopefully something good can come out of it for everybody. And of course, I wish all the accusers the best as well. So it's a tough spot. Gotcha. So what's your next big? Uh wager sports wager where, where are you focused on next i might do something uh out at the uh at wimbledon uh, see who wins that uh i might do something uh, uh i was gonna bet real heavy on um djokovic playing um nadal the other night uh at the french element djokovic plus 250 i thought that was a very good wager and i bet a little bit on that not a lot i won that bet so uh God only knows when the next, when the next, when, whenever a strong urge to gamble hits me, then I'm gonna take it and then shove it in. And as my wife says, I tend to gamble with both hands. <laughs> so you're not gonna run the next one by her. She won't know. 
She'll get over it. She buys, <laughs> she buys giraffes, Docs, at $330,000 a piece. She got four damn giraffes. I can gamble a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and at least when you're gambling, you have a chance to win. The giraffes just... Giraffes just eat a lot. And they <laughs> eat 40 pounds of cabbage every day, so... Right. 300 pounds, actually. All right, what's your next philanthropic project for Houston? Well, you know, we're really involved in this trade school. Um, the average income in a 10-mile radius of the store is $26,000, way below the poverty line. So we're trying to break the cycle of poverty, and we're trying to provide these folks with a better life. I was walking through the warehouse the other day. One of these new guys, we hired about 200 people in the last couple of months because the pandemic was bad for everybody. It was good for the furniture business because people stayed in their house all day when they saw the nasty furniture and they bought new furniture. So we hired 200 new kids, and I, one of these kids came up and said to me, uh, he really appreciated me hiring him. I said, well, you're doing a good job. You're working, your, uh, working very hard. Glad to have you here. He said, I had a, rap, had a rough seven months. I said, really? What happened? He said, seven months ago, I got shot nine times. Nine times. And so uh, our job is, you know, at the end of the day, when I go in front of the creator, uh, the creator is not going to ask me how much money did I make. The creator instead will ask me how much of a difference did you make? So all these wacky sports promotion, all the gambling, and all the other things are designed to make the store relevant and make the store profitable so we can support the community because we all have a responsibility for the well-being of the community. We take it seriously. Well, we don't want a virtue signal. We want a virtue do. Well, and, and, uh, and it's hot here in Houston. Provide free ice, ice cream to everyone that walks it in the door. Hot. Free ice cream, free chips, free air condition, and uh, most of all, at the world's greatest furniture store delivery today, today, today. But not, free, to, San, free, but not to San Diego. But no, not to San no, Diego. Yes, yes, San Diego, anytime. <laughs> they love it. I delivered a, a huge uh, mattress the other day to a uh, set of mattresses to uh, Pebble Beach. Mm. Some guy had a house on Pebble Beach. I figured that cost a few bucks. Yeah, well, pro probably. Now, the other thing, you sell yourself shortly. I guess it's the ultimate promoter, as you say, huckster. but. But we walked walked into the store here, and besides the ice cream and all the people, you're working behind the counter when we walked in. I work so you're not just a. I work mouthpiece. twelve hours a day, seven days a week. I have done it for forty years. You know, to me, work is life's greatest therapy, and I'm getting a lot of therapy up here every day. <laughs> work is life's greatest therapy. The biggest problem in this country is people don't work. They're robbed of the greatest joy in life, which is joy of work. Work, you come and meet team members, your friends, they help you out of a jam, they know how to solve this problem, how to do this, do that. People need to work. When they work, they're not sitting at home feeling sorry for themselves. So I am a proponent of Puritan work ethic. Well, I like that. And uh, maybe I, you know, since you're getting into tennis, maybe pro football doc needs to look at tennis because when you're playing a sport with only one athlete, injuries are even bigger. Like, you know, obviously basketball, they're big because it's mainly five guys football less so because it's 11 but some of those individual sports uh, the injury stuff that we do will yeah and will could you, you imagine they're playing five hours like nadal and uh um, Djokovic. Djokovic did the other day five hours your heartbeat never goes below 160 and you got 25 <laughs> seconds to, to uh, serve after the after the ball called in or out that's it's amazing in the in the in the hot heat. Well, anything else you want to add here for the Pro Football Doc podcast? I, I love the Pro Football injury thing. Uh, I think it's uh, telling people who's injured and who's not. 
uh, can be a big help. If I'd have known how bad Mahomes' um, turf toe was, I could have made twenty million dollars. Doc, you should have called me. And if I'd have known how that those two left tackles and the right guard or whatever were going to be out for Kansas City, I would have bet more on the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you're too busy working, but. It was on the Twitter account. It was on the Pro Football Doc account. We published it at Outkick. You should have called me. I would have traded you some free furniture, Doc. <laughs> all right. All right. Pay it forward. Give me the free furniture. I'll give you the information. Not just Thank you, sir. Thank Good you very much. You, all right. Welcome to part two of the Pro Football Doc podcast. Special thanks to Mattress Mac, Jim Mackinvale. I meant it. Interesting guy. Uh, does some unique things more than just the gambling. That was kind of fun. We'll talk about a couple things in this part of the podcast here. One might be kind of sensitive. Christian Eriksen, Denmark in the Euros. Big deal. And I want to treat this with the right amount of sensitivity and not, you know, I don't know, with the right amount of respect because that was a scary issue. Definitely a scary issue. Uh, not one to be uh, taken lightly at all. And the good news is he seems to be okay. But this is what happened for those of you. He's right here. You see him run over and he collapses. You see it far away. He collapses all of a sudden. So that obviously is pretty darn scary. And let me just tell you right now, I'm talking about this because this is kind of what I do, analyzing video, answering questions, providing perspective. It's not clickbait, it's not whatever. And, um, but because he is reportedly doing well at the hospital, I feel comfortable talking about it. I didn't tweet about it initially. Uh, a, I was at a baseball game coaching my son in his little all-star eight-year-old Pony League baseball scrimmage. But B, I didn't really have all the information in real time and video. I wasn't watching. And C, it's a scary incident. I wanted to be respectful, so I didn't say anything. And really, uh, till later on, um, on a lighter, funnier note, someone told me this morning that, pardon my take, my guys, uh, Barstool Big Cat and PFT Commenter. I still enjoyed the one time I was on their show. It was fun. I liked it. They're good guys. And they, they, they make fun of people, but not of injuries. So I respect that. And they took a little uh, uh, shout out at me or ribbing at me, I guess, whatever. It's all good. Uh, they were like talking about Christian Erickson and uh, wondering what Dr. Chow said. He'll be okay in two or three weeks or something. And that's all in good faith. Good fun. I guess it's at 153 of today's Pardon My Take podcast. Shout out to uh, BFT Commenter and Barstool Big Cat. Good guys. All I said after the fact was kudos. This is why all pro teams have AED, automatic external defibrillators with them at all times, including on the plane. Now, we always had that around, and admittedly, we never had to use it but this is why you have it around. I mean, we brought it with us everywhere we went. It was at every practice. It was at on the plane with us, not underneath, checked baggage, held by an athletic trainer on board, overhead compartment, always with us at every game, warm up, you name it, 
on the bus with us back to the airport, et cetera, just in case. Well, honestly, at the time, uh, I thought if we were to ever use it one day, it might be on one of the coaches, some of the older guys or one of the staffers. But obviously, if a player or something happens, this is huge. Uh, sudden cardiac arrest, et cetera, many different things. I'm not saying that's for sure what he had, but it certainly looked like cardiac arrest by all reports, but there are many different kinds. So let's get into analyzing this video a little bit and uh, look away or, or forward through if you don't want to see it, because I do think even for me, it's a little bit disturbing. Uh, so everyone be forewarned, but I'll try and be objective and walk you through this. So this is a longer video. Here's Christian Erickson. Here he is. And you can see him collapsing and the ball kind of hits him as he goes down. This one player goes up to him. First of all, they're waving for help. Appropriate thing to do. And then he's checking on him right there and waving for help. And his, the referee, other teammates waving for help. And let's just watch that again for one second. And here comes the athletic trainer, the physios. About, and let's back up for one second here. So he goes down at the, about the 9, 10 second mark of the video. There, originally, people said his teammate performed CPR. I didn't find that plausible but I stayed away from commenting on it. The teammate does not perform CPR. Look, even if you were trained in CPR or BLS or ALS, uh, ACLS, et cetera, BCLS, man, that's a lot. I mean, I spent thousands of matches, games, events on the sideline. Fortunately, never had an opportunity to do CPR. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I don't know for sure how I would react. And kudos to the player and all the medical for what the job that they did. But it's unrealistic that a player would be able to switch his mind off the game, detect a pulse and or breathing and decide to start CPR. You've got medical there. They're 30 seconds away. You rely on them. Now he did the right thing. He stabilized them. He, he did well. But he didn't do CPR, which is okay. It doesn't matter. He still did a lot for the guy. Uh, so as we continue, he went down at almost 10 seconds. Now we're about less than 20 seconds later at 30 seconds. The first athletic trainer is there, physio. They have him on his side, clearing his airway. He's still kind of prone. So at least they have access to his airway now, which is good. And, uh, this is about 40 some seconds in, 30 seconds after he collapsed. You can see the concern on everyone's face. And, and to me, it makes it more comfortable that I'm describing this because the first time I saw it, it was very uncomfortable, uh, especially if he didn't know the outcome. And here likely comes the doctor and the rest of the medical staff. And this is at about 50, a minute after he collapsed and the stretcher, comes out and now the doctor is there. First thing is airway breathing circulation. I'm sure they're checking that. And he's still on his side, so there's no CPR yet. Reports were that he had a pulse and was breathing initially and then it stopped. So we're about a minute 20 into 
after his fall right now. And he's still on his side, right? You can see him on his side, no CPR yet. They're still assessing him. They apparently felt a pulse. And then very shortly soon here, you'll see him rolled over onto his back. And all of a sudden someone is now straddling him and starting formal CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, pumping on his chest. Here we go, rolled onto his side at two minutes. So a minute and 50 later, they started CPR. I'm not saying he wasn't breathing or heart stopped for a minute 50. I'm just saying that's when on this video it stopped and you can see how upset all his uh, teammates are. But uh, they're working on him and apparently they admitted that there was a cardiac uh, defibrillator, AED, automatic external defibrillator used. He got one shock and he came around. Great job by the medical staff. Great job by his teammate that came to him first, the referee. Everything was done to protocol. Very tough situation. So kudos to all of them for saving his life. And this is why you have AED devices. I think high school should have them. I think colleges should have them. Many big buildings have them in the lobby. And I think it's a good thing. It's one of the true things that can sometimes save someone's life. I would lobby for more AEDs. And they're really simple to use. Everyone in this audience can use them. You know, of course, in a time of stress, it's hard to read the directions. Very simple. Basically, you stick the pad on, you turn the machine on, and the machine reads the cardiac rhythm. And if there's an absence, it shocks. It reads the type of rhythm and the amount of shock that's needed to restart the heart, if that's the case. So kudos all around there, and uh, including, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, the barstool guys uh, who, uh, uh, you know, did their job and entertained. And I'm trying to inform a little bit here. What I am a little bit uncomfortable with is some of this stuff. Christian Erickson unlikely to play football ever again. Another article um, saying that. Uh, 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 she should not play football again, sports again. Another article saying that uh, uh, he won't be cleared, uh, this, that, the other. I don't love all of these articles. First of all, the man is still in the hospital. And if you knew his actual diagnosis, you probably shouldn't be, well, you probably shouldn't be commenting. And if you don't know the actual diagnosis, let's get the actual diagnosis first. Yes, it's probably true that could he return to play? Is it worth the risk to return to play? I don't know. Is it a fixable problem that you can have assurance that it won't happen again? I don't know. I'm quite sure the league and, you know, Soccer bodies will be hesitant. Uh, I was told the English Premier League said he won't be cleared to play. Look, uh, he's safe. He probably could sue and, and you know, the, the English Premier League's worried about liability. I get that. But let's wait on all this speculation until we know a diagnosis and what he had. Let's rejoice in the fact that the medical staff did a great job and he's quote, okay in the hospital, but let's get a diagnosis. What caused it? 
admittedly, there are, are a good number of causes where it's silly to risk even a small chance and let him return to play. But there are some things where maybe he could if he wanted to, and maybe he won't want to. But let's not go there yet, is all I'm saying. Let's not go there yet. So uh, kudos to everyone there, and I'm sorry for such a grim subject there. Let's move on to the next thing here. Uh, we've been talking here for a while on the uh, vaccine carrot. And uh, this morning, uh, let's see, let me find it here. This morning, uh, Amy Trask tweeted something. Amy's great. Amy, love Amy. Uh, we've talked about different things already here. And let me show you. First of all, Juan Rivera brought in a vaccination expert to speak to the Washington football team. We've got to be able to facilitate the opportunity for these guys to understand. Reasonable. Ron's a good guy. Look what Amy says. My prediction when unvaccinated players get to camp and see that their vaccinated teammates don't have to wear masks, can eat in the dining room area, can hang out in the weight room, et cetera. Many players who aren't going to get vaccinated will do so. Incentives are very compelling. Yes, this is only a tip of the iceberg on the incentives. Look, if you're a close contact and you've had a vaccine, you don't have a mandatory sit-out period. That's huge. That's the difference of playing in the game and not playing in the game. So not only is Amy right, but I think there may be a movement for teammates, just like last year when players said, hey, look, let's do it right, and it gives us a better chance to win a championship. Let's protect ourselves and do things the right way. Well, it's a different mode here, but I think there's going to be a movement afoot to say, look, why don't we get to the 85% threshold of vaccination? We can have better practices. Our rules are relaxed. We can have more flexibility. We can meet in person more. We can do a lot of different things. Most importantly, if there is a close contact or any outbreak that happens, you don't have the mandatory sit out. And, you know, uh, we talked about John Rahm and the golf thing, but bottom line is um, it won't solve all ills, but the vaccine carried is pretty strong. And that's what we've been talking about in terms of COVID. And uh, Amy Trask chimes in very nicely with that. Uh, next, let's talk about um, a nice tribute and a nice occurrence here. Uh, Greek, that's what he calls himself. That's what everyone calls him, Steve Antonopoulos. He's been the Denver Broncos athletic trainer for 45 years. 45 years. It's pretty amazing. So, tribute, some nice tributes. To Greek by the Broncos. Good on them. Look, Greek, uh, uh, Ronnie Barnes, uh, Fred Zamberletti, ring of honor for the Minnesota Vikings. When he retired, Fred Zamberletti, he was the only athletic trainer and he was a physical therapist the Minnesota Vikings ever had. Greek is in that uh, storied light. Good, good for him and congratulations. Congratulations to him. Uh, next, we'll go into some football things. Oh, something fun first. Thank you, Scott Fish. It was in my spam folder, but I found it. 
my second official fantasy contest ever. Uh, Scott Fishbowl 11. Thank you. Didn't get kicked out after year one, thankfully. I'm going to have to work harder this year because last year was some beginner luck. We did all right. Uh, had a Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes stack that did very well. Had Aaron Rodgers who did very well. I had a uh, low value on running backs. Lucked out, worked out. Beginner's luck, first fantasy. Actually won the division. Made it to the second round of playoffs, but then lost. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Let's talk some more football here. Thought there was a funny tweet here. David Bakhtiari. Sarah O'Line meets David Bakhtiari. There's David Bakhtiari. Why are these high school kids all bigger than an NFL All-Pro? First of all, some of it may be camera angle. This guy's standing in front. He's standing in front. These two guys are pretty big. But let me tell you the difference in the NFL. Every D1 college line is as big as the NFL. But there's not as quick, not as strong, not as technique-driven. Look, the big kid, in my experience, in my experience, the big kid who plays left tackle in high school, who's 6'7 and weighs 350 pounds, very, very rarely goes on to collegiate greatness versus even NFL greatness. What goes on to it is a 6'6 kid that's very athletic, that was a DN, that was a tight end, an athletic big kid who in college gets converted, learns technique, puts on training table weight, has a big frame, long arms, good reach, very athletic guy. Those are the guys in the NFL. The, the NFL offensive linemen are great athletes. They come at you very fast. The game is very, very fast. Having been on the sidelines of the NFL, even in college, the speed is different. In high school, it's obviously extremely different. So it's not size, it's speed, quickness. Just like a quarterback, you know, when you talk about arm strength, arm strength, there are not a lot of tight windows throws. I think it's the ability to process information and how smart the quarterback is, pre-snap reads, knowing where to go with the ball, good mechanics, more than arm strength. Look, Drew Brees has an unbelievable Hall of Fame career and not the strongest arm in the world. Um, so that's uh, my take on some of the athletic stuff. Let's run through some NFL uh, injuries and information here. Next up here. Oh, before we get to that, Demora Smith says the union is investigating a number of teams violating offseason rules. Uh, one has been punished. And the report is that uh, some of these cases have resulted in injuries. Yes, injuries happen at the facility. I certainly hope no injuries happen because of breaking rules. The rule breaking is usually fairly technical. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow them. But I do find it a little hard to believe that not following the rules has resulted in injuries because the PA would be shouting from the mountaintop if that's were the case. And they should if a player got hurt because the team broke the rules. There'd be lots of liability, but I, I just find that hard to believe. There may have been some rules broken, but I find uh, it hard to believe. There's a one team that definitely got fined. I believe it was the 49ers. They got penalized a little bit. I think it was their own 
if I'm remembering correctly, their own in-house media that showed some video. And I guess there was some contact where there shouldn't be when the league stepped in. But in any case, um, hopefully everyone stays healthy. Let's run through a couple of injuries here very quickly. Uh, moving on here. Um, Jawan J James, a guy who got injured, ruptured his Achilles away from the facility. Signed a two-year deal worth up to $9 million with the Ravens. This is a good stash signing. He's not ready right now. He probably is not playing this year. But they got him signed in case late season and certainly for next year. And that's been confirmed. He's a good stash signing. Julio Jones admitted he rushed back from grade two quad and hamstring strain last season. And uh, no excuses. Uh, ready to go. Uh, look, yeah, I get 30-year-old receivers fall off a cliff, but maybe not Julio Jones. And look, uh, who's to blame the guy? Uh, I mean, this is why sometimes athletes don't rush back. I think Julio did. That's what I saw at Pro Football Doc last year. Less than 100%, he rushed back to play, has a subpar game, and then people say he's old. That's kind of unfair. And uh, I agree with Julio. I think he should have a good season coming up here. And then uh, a couple more here. Oh, let's move to basketball. So for basketball, this is Kyrie Irving's injury. It looks pretty bad if you look at it closely here. Rolls his ankle on the foot. Inversion basketball ankle sprain. You'll see it one time again. Standard inversion, but pretty significant ankle sprain. Here we go. Here we go. Lands on Giannis's foot. There you go. You saw that pretty good here. And uh, standard grade two or three lateral ankle sprain. No fractures confirmed by x-ray. In a boot crutches, this thing's going to swell. He's done, I believe, for the Bucks series. And Harden, I've already said, I believe is done. So the question is, can the Nets advance without Kyrie, without James Harden? With both of them out the rest of the series, can the next Nets survive the Bucks? When I tweeted this, the game was still going on in the fourth quarter. It was two to one the series, but obviously got even at two to two. And uh, we actually talked about it at dinner with some people yesterday. We looked at the lines. If you would have wagered in game on a series or right after the game, you would have gotten plus money on the bucks for the series. This morning at FanDuel Sportsbook, the line was at minus 130 if you took the bucks. And uh, the uh, minus uh, 150 at others. There's an even an ESPN article on it citing the line move change that happened. And this is why. Ultimately, basketball, looking at injuries, may be more important than even football because one player can make a much bigger difference, whereas football, potentially less difference. So could have saved yourself a lot of money if you wanted the bucks there and uh, got in early on the action. Joel Embiid is still playing, uh, but interestingly enough, um, a Hawks player, is now out with a small lateral meniscus tear and having surgery. 
And it's not Joel Embiid with the small lateral meniscus tear. He still seems to play well. Anyways, Andre Hunter, second-year guard forward, surgery on his knee, um, while Embiid continues to play through. And it's just a little bit ironic because all the attention has been on Embiid and they've had the same injury. Here we got a baseball player dislocated his left shoulder, uh, Travis Shaw. You can see him dive, outstretched left arm. I mean, Tatis was a subluxation. This is a dislocation. The season isn't necessarily for sure over, but it's hard to play through. He will need surgery to fix his labral tear. All right, let's finish off with what happened here. UFC fight on Saturday. Once again, not for the weak of heart. Turn away, don't look. Let's see what happened here. So this is the end of the game, end of the end of the fight, where he's still out there with his elbow flopping around, waiting for the decision, which is just mad respect. And apparently here, look at the video here. I don't let me find here's the video. Sorry about that, guys. And see his elbow dislocates, the fight continues a little bit. Flopping around on a rubber arm. Well, and here's the thing. Yeah, you can criticize Bree, but all kinds of damage. The good news is no artery damage, no um, damage. Yes, torn ligament, capsule, and muscle. No question. But uh, dislocated elbow. He will recover. Typically, do not need to have surgery. You can see his elbow. It just looks funny. It's out the back. And the presence of mind, how calm he is, that he's able to talk to his opponent and everything else. Uh, I don't believe they showed the reduction maneuver. This has happened to me in football before uh, several times. And uh, usually we uh, continue to uh, – we put it back on the field, and uh, they're obviously out for the game. But usually no surgery, so that's the good news. Uh, pretty gruesome injury there altogether. All right, so uh, Pro Football Doc Podcast here. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Mattress Mac, Jim McAvale. That was fun visit with him. Uh, hopefully we learned something for Christian Erickson. Prayers out to uh, a complete full recovery where he's already partway there. If he wants to continue soccer, I hope he can, but let's, let's wait and see. And uh, good luck uh, to you guys, those who are wagering on basketball and otherwise, and thanks for watching and listening to the Pro Football Doc Podcast.